Hello and welcome to the good old days of radio show. This is John Tefteller, your host. It is Tuesday, and Tuesday usually means crazy comedy, and it will mean crazy comedy today. We may switch it up uh, next week and do some drama or variety, but we're on a roll with comedy, and um, we had um, some great stuff with Dr. Demento a couple weeks ago, and one of the shows we did there was an episode of the Stan Freeberg show, and so I thought, well, since that got such a great reaction, let's bring in Stan Freeberg for another appearance here on the good old days of radio show. Stan Freeberg had the honor of having the last comedy radio show uh, on, on network radio back in the late 50s, 1957. By that time, everybody was watching TV, and very few were listening to the radio anymore, um, but CBS had him on for a, uh, a season, a summer-type season, and he produced uh, 15 episodes of very quality, wonderful programming for CBS, and they're always a joy to listen to. Today's episode of The Stan Freeberg Show is episode number six from August 18th, 1957. Here we go. You know what that was? No. That was a theme song from I Was a Teenage Werewolf. You could have fooled me. Now, do you know what this is? No. This is the sixth show of a series of a brand new radio series. From Hollywood, we present the Stan Freeberg Show. With the music of Billy Mays. Plus the songs of Peggy Taylor with Dawes Butler, June Foray, Peter Leach, and the Judd Conlon Rhythm Airs. No use to look for us on TV. Because in case you did not know, we're being brought to you on. Brought to you on. Well, this was the night we were going to bring you tap dancing around the world, but due to a jurisdictional dispute between the four stepbrothers and Mrs. Arthur Murray, uh, <laughs> it'll have to be postponed a bit. But it's great to be with you tonight. We have a uh, special... Pardon me, Mr. Freeberg, but my name is Tweedley. Well, we all have our problems. <laughs> I am the censor from the Citizens Radio Committee, and... Uh... I feel... You, uh, from the Citizens Radio Committee, you say? It's exactly what I said, yes. Mm -hmm. And what, I, is your, what is your purpose in being here? I must okay all the material used on your program here. And I think the best method is to just sit back here and interrupt when I feel it's necessary. You mean you plan to stop me every time I do something that you think is wrong? Exactly. I'll just sound my little horn like this. <laughs> and then you stop. And I'll tell you what's wrong. Uh, somehow I can tell this is going to be one of those days. <laughs> you just go right ahead, Mr. Freeberg. Don't mind me. Yeah. Now I'd like to sing... <laughs> you forgot to say thank you, Mr. Freeberg. Politeness is an essential in radio programming. Your program goes into the home. We must be a good influence on children. 
I see. Uh, well, that's a nice little horn you have there. Mm-hmm. Thanks very much, Mr. Tweedley. You're welcome, I'm sure. I'd like to sing a old river song in honor this week of National Mississippi Riverboat Paddle Wheel Week. <laughs> Mr. May, if you please. Very polite, Mr. Freeburn. Thank you. Old Man River, that old... <laughs> All right, Tweedley, politeness I dig, but what in the world is wrong with Old Man River? The word old has a connotation some of the more elderly people find distasteful. I would suggest you make the substitution, please. I suppose you insist? Precisely. You may continue. Okay, music. You forgot to say Say thank thank you. you. Yes, okay. (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Tweedley. You're quite welcome, I am sure. Elderly man river, that elderly man river, he must know something. But he don't say nothing. All right, hold it, fellas. Now what, Tweedley? The word something, you left off the G. <laughs> but that's authentic. Something. Something. That's the way the people I'm uh, sorry. talk uh, down there. What? The home is a classroom, Mr. Freeberg. I know you said that. Keep in mind the tiny tots. <laughs> and <laughs> furthermore, think back. You'll recall that you said... But he don't say nothing. Mm-hmm. That was in quotes. Now, really, Mr. Freeberg, that's a double negative. Do you mean he does say something? No, I just wasn't using my head, I guess. <laughs> I mean, after all, it should be grammatically correct, keeping in mind... mind the tiny tots, yes. You probably mean he doesn't say anything. I, I, I suppose I mean that, yes, I guess. <laughs> All right, uh, fine. You win. All right, Billy, music. Thank you. Thank you. you. You're welcome, I'm sure. Elderly man river, that elderly man river, he must know something, but he doesn't say anything. He just keeps rolling, rolling. He just keeps rolling along. He don't... He doesn't plant taters, potatoes, he doesn't plant cotton, and them, these, those that plants them are soon forgotten, but elderly man river, it just keeps rolling along. Excellent! Tiny tots again, was it? Exactly. <laughs> Sorry about that. Here we go. You and I, we sweat, perspire, and strain. Bodies all and wrecked with pain. Well, we got by that one. Hold that part. Lift that bill. Get a little. Take your finger off the button, Mr. Tweedley. <laughs> we know when we're licked. Well, that concludes Elderly Man River. Now turning to uh, the uh, sports page here. Oh, yes, and thank you for being with us, Mr. Tweedley. You're welcome, I am sure. <laughs> Once more, we present Mr. Robert E. Tainter, the man who looks for the dirty linen in the history hamper. And here he is, Bob Tainter. 
thanks. Uh, when did you get out, Bob? This morning. Uh, I thought you were doing 30 days. I was. But I got in touch with a friend of mine in the DA's office. He's a big wheel, Stan. A big wheel. Pretty big, huh? Yes, he might do you some good sometime. Well, I don't think that's going to be necessary. <laughs> you never can tell, Stan. <laughs> yeah. Well, how did he uh, get you out? Well, uh, you know the confidential magazine trial? Mm-hmm. A lot of movie stars are suing the magazine for libel. Yeah, there's some pretty unpleasant testimony there. Yeah. Confidential figures on laying it on the stars, pretty good, Stan. I know. Well, what I told this wheel was, why don't I see what I can get on the folks over at Confidential? <laughs> he, uh, went for it. I think it's kind of a cute switch myself. <laughs> yeah, that's a darling idea. Uh, what item of soil linen have you dug out of the history hamper for us tonight? Well, it's a scorcher, Stan. <laughs> I'll bet. <laughs> Did you ever hear of Giacomo Casabianca? Yeah, wasn't he on the Ed Sullivan show? No, that's another Giacomo Casabianca. The guy I'm talking about was a boy in history. Oh, yeah. Now, here's the linen stand. My good friend, Ertwing Somber, will fill you in. Wait a minute, you mean the Ertwing Somber is a good friend of yours? Oh, I got a lot on this cookie stand. <laughs> got a few minutes? I'll uh, tell No, you. no, let's just get on with it. Mr. Somber, if you please. Great moments in history, but what is the real story behind these moments? The time is August in the year of 1798. The event, the Battle of the Nile. The flagship of the fleet has blown up and caught fire. A young lad with jaws clenched stands on the bridge. <laughs> All right, boy, the time is now. Go stand on the burning deck. First you give me the money, then I'll stand on the burning deck. <laughs> oh, Bob Tainter, that was awful. I don't believe it. Each man has his own stool pigeon stand. Yeah, but that boy Casabianca was a hero. Well, so was my grandfather until he chickened out on Custer's last stand. Let's <laughs> get lost, will you, Bob? I want to introduce Peggy Taylor. Sure, Stan. No offense. Mm, here she is, Peggy Taylor. <laughs> well, Peggy, I want the folks to know more about you, you know. Oh, well, like what, Stan? Well, no, in interviews, it's kind of standard practice to ask about hobbies. Hobbies? Yeah, that's right. Well, of thing. see, when I was a little girl, I raised rabbits. You mean you had the rabbits and they raised themselves? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> More to the point. Yeah. Pardon me, Miss Taylor. Oh, yes, Mr. Taylor. Where did you get the rabbits? Well, they were given to me. It could be the old payola, you know, Stan. Oh, stop it, will well, you? My father gave them to me. There. Now you're satisfied? Sure, Stan. Maybe she had something on her father's. <laughs> oh, just quit it, will you? Peggy wants to sing. Yeah? My friend at the DA's office will be glad to hear that. So will a lot of people. Sing, will you please, Peggy? Rock. 
rockabye Your baby with a Dixie melody When you croon, croon a tune From the heart of Dixie Hang that cradle, mammy mine On that Mason-Dixon line And sing out from Virginia To Tennessee with all the love that's in ya Weep no more, my lady Sing that song again to me So soft and low Just as though you had me on your a million baby kisses I'll deliver The minute that you sing that Swanee River Rock-a-bye, your rock-a-bye baby With a Dixie melody Rock-a-bye, your baby With a Dixie melody When you croon, croon a tune From the heart of Dixie cradle mammy mine on that mason dixon line and sing out from virginia to tennessee with all the love that's in ya weep no more my lady sing that song against me so soft and low just as though you had me on your knee a million baby kisses i'll deliver Rock-a-bye, your rock-a-bye, baby With a Dixie melody Good evening. Our panel of experts are with us once again tonight. Mr. G.L. Spoon, Miss Edna St. Louis, Missouri, and Dr. Linus Quoit. I'm your moderator, Fulbrook Mason. Now to meet the panelists, first of all, Dr. Quoit, I believe you received your doctor's degree at MIT. Uh, what was your field? <clears throat> I received my doctor's degree in Little Orphan Annie. Uh, that was my major. Uh, my minor was Little Abner. Next, Miss Edna St. Louis, Missouri, who received her master's degree in Tarzan. Yes, the uh, subject of my thesis for my master's degree was Tarzan and the Apes and his uh, influence on the 20th century culture. Mm, all right. <laughs> yes. Now our third panelist, G.L. Spoon, a roving reporter. And you covered the comic strips, didn't you? Uh, that's right. The funnies are my beat, yeah. And what school did you attend? Well, uh, I didn't attend any school as such. Uh, let's just say I'm from the school of hard knocks. That's not original, but it's very apt. I, I see. I uh, may not have any doctor's degrees like some other people around here, but uh, I'll go on the $64,000 question anytime with my subject. And that is? Dick Tracy. Uh, I don't see any reason to go around there with a chip on your shoulder, Mr. Spoon. Look, I haven't got any chip on don't my you shoulder. You have a chip on your shoulder. It's I do obvious. Not, I do not have a chip on my shoulder, Dr. Coyd. I don't have to go to college to learn about Dick Tracy. Uh, uh, all right, gentlemen, 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 if you have anything to say, would you? <laughs> 
please, please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Now then, the uh, first question today is sent in by a listener is, uh, uh, why doesn't Tarzan do as much swinging as he used to? (laughs) Dr. Coit? Too old for it. Oh, no. Wait a minute, doctor. Tarzan's my subject. Furthermore, he's not too old. It's Man just... is too old. No, no, no. It's, it's just that his vines aren't so good as they used to be. <laughs> Look, uh, uh, actually, I think we can dispense with that vine stuff, Miss Missouri. We all know that he uses ropes. Oh, wait a minute. He doesn't use ropes? I guess I ought to know. Yeah. Tarzan uses real genuine ropes. See? I, I mean, he uses vines. Well, look, See, uh, got me vines, vines are ropes. The fact is, a 72-year-old man is not going to go <laughs> swinging across the ravine. Oh, no, I mean, uh, sweetheart, you don't know. Wait a minute. Speaking of people's ages, I don't think little orphan Annie will ever see 45 again. Wait, wait, wait. Now, she's getting a little I mean... I noticed that in her dialogue balloon. A little senile, eh? Yeah. Well, I, I think the way she's handling those criminals in the canyon there, it doesn't look like the work of an old lady, does it? Yeah. Oh, oh, well, all right, now, no, let's, let's... I don't uh, think an old lady... Uh, 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 we get on to the next... Whip those criminals. But she's a nice old lady. Could we please <laughs> have any... The girl is eight years old. I know. We, we get on to the next question. I think we have completed that question. She dyes her hair. She yes, got a red wig. She dyes her hair. Oh, you're a real card tonight, aren't you? Yes, you know. That Mr. Spoon, did you have your hand up? I certainly did. In oh. fact, it went to sleep. Oh. <laughs> We're going to talk about criminals here. I think we should leave that to the Dick Tracy expert. Oh, that's it. That's a wonderful idea. All right, now here's our next question. Is Morin Plenty really guilty of the triple murder? Now we're getting somewhere. Never mind that. It's they... dull stuff. Dull. What do you mean, dull? dull. <laughs> Not dull. dull. Let's talk about some of the orphan Annie characters. Punjab, for instance. Now there's a man. Oh, Punjab. Punjab. It sounds what like a misprint. Phony, that Punjab. Could he drop a leopard with a four-inch letter opener? Listen, he just drop his cloak to... over the leopard. Wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Turf. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got my hand up. I got my hand up. One at a time. Look. I was not... You got your hand up. Go ahead. All right. You don't. You don't. Listen, your hand's still, still asleep. Well, you let me talk. I'll have to learn the language all over again. Listen, I was under the impression we were talking about Dick Tracy. Yeah, that's that's correct. Are we going to play the game? Yes. All right, let's play the game. No, no, the man has... Dick Tracy is such a world beater, how come he let Moore and Plenty's sister-in-law put a 38 caliber bullet in his skull? Yeah, how about now, how that? how come that? It was a 22 short, and it was just a flesh wound. It didn't actually enter the skull. Uh, oh, yeah, let's have a Shall we, shall we just, just a moment? Shall we just stick to the it question? The man I, I, just, I just want your opinion. <laughs> that girl in the skimpy dress shot him in the head, and yeah, I... I, uh, I just... That, uh, ladies and gentlemen I, uh, of the radio audience, these are the opinions of our panelists and <laughs> do not necessarily represent the opinions of CBS Radio and its affiliates. <laughs> now, the uh, question... Yes, well, I, uh, the question is now, is Morin Plenty guilty? Hmm? Miss Missouri? Guilty. Hmm. Dr. Coyne? Not guilty. Mr. Spoon? I can't express my opinions on this because I may be called in as an expert witness at the time of the trial. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess we we have a hung jury here tonight. (laughs) Well, the the next question, I uh, subject, uh, is wardrobe. Wardrobe. Yes, wardrobe. Does or does not Orphan Annie have more than one red dress? <laughs> Dr. Coyd's hand shot up. You're first, Ah, uh, yes. The man who has uh, received his doctor's degree 
and little orphan Annie. Mm-hmm. You have got to keep rubbing that in, don't you? I'm not rubbing uh, it in, sir. I'm merely stating a fact. I have a doctor All right, please. Yeah, uh, Dr. Floyd had his yep. head, right. you know, up at All right, yeah. Hand. When he was a little kid, he was a little fat, spoiled kid. I can tell the type. I may be permitted to continue. Uh, yes, some sir. of our lesser educated people here. Uh, uh, he didn't mean that. I, I, I happen to know. I'm going to take a poke at him. No, no, please. May I please? Dr. I happen to know that Orphan Annie has a whole closet full of dresses. It's not the same dress. She changes them daily. Daily? Oh, please. <laughs> I can recognize the same dress day in and day out. Madam, they are different. They are different dresses. That is a fact. Take it from me. That's my subject. She breaks them up with a nice little blue sweater and chic belt and scarf every once in a while. And how does she break up those chic little white cotton stockings? Wait a Now, she hasn't changed those stockings in 25 years. <laughs> I, I take that as a personal affront, sir. A That's, personal affront. I intended it as so. Even if it were the same pair of stockings, I think Annie would rinse them out every night. It's so like her. It's so like her. Oh, so like her. Rinses them out. Take it from her. I hold it. She doesn't wear shoes anymore. Listen, madam, you should look that good in white cotton stockings. Rich or unrich? Hey, uh, quite. That Daddy Warbucks is a pretty wealthy guy, right? <laughs> Only one of the top billionaires in the world, that's all. That's all. Well, then why doesn't he spring for a few bucks and get her a home permanent? <laughs> A rat's nest, eh? Listen, madam, I noticed the Marcel has grown out of Tarzan's hair lately. Well, he Are you kidding? Uh, just, well, he's wearing a hairpiece. Just, 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 what did what? you say? He's wearing a hairpiece. Well, Tarzan was Tarzan wearing, wearing a hairpiece. Well, I suppose that crew cut the Dick Tracy affected as a derriere cree. Oh, no. Oh, look at this gal. You hit a man when he's down and wounded. He's up. He'll, he'll probably get amnesia. No, the man's back on his feet and uh, serves him right, the big jerk. Big jerk? That goes for Tarzan, too. Oh, no. Just oh, no, listen here, Dr. Listen, White Stockings. You insulted him. No, Nanny. Let's hold that. Let's hold that. Our time is up. Sandy, and that's all. And that's the animals of our time. Yes, it is. I'm very sure. And that's a museum. Yes, it's a museum. And that concludes another episode of our panel show. Face the funnies. Now it's good night to Mr. G.L. Spoon. If vandals kidnap you, look for fingerprints on or about your person. That's a crime stopper. Oh, <laughs> oh indeed it is. And Dr. Linus Coit? Yai. Arf, arf. Glorioski, it's been grand being here. And, uh, <clears throat> finally, Mrs. Edna St. Louis, Missouri. Me, panelist, you, moderator. <laughs> <laughs> And so it's good night until next week. Listen, madam, I can take a break. And now for my next number, I'd like to uh, <laughs> sing a favorite. It's a favorite of mine, and I hope. It's a favorite of yours. It's called the Rock Island Line. And it goes like this.
Now, this here's a story about the Rock Island Line. Now, the Rock Island Line, she run down into New Orleans. And just outside of New Orleans, there's a big toll gate. Pardon me. And all the trains. Pardon me. Yeah? Are you going to sing the song or read it or what? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to sing it, but uh, first of all, I always tell the of the story behind the Rock Island line, sort of sketching a little of the background, as it were. You are going to sing it, though. Yeah, I get to it. Well, let's get to it, then, eh? Okay. And all the trains that come through the toll gate, why, they get to pay the man some money. But, of course, if you've got certain things on board, you okay. You don't have to pay the man nothing. I mean, you okay with him. Uh, all right, all right. Let's okay, step it right along there. Let's snap it up. and snap it up. Okay. And just now we see a train. She's coming down the line. And she went get up to the toll gate. The driver, he shot down to the man. He's saying, I got pigs. I got horses. I got cows. Look, you I can got... skip all of that. He didn't let me name all the animals. Yes, I know, but we don't get... need he me... that. He didn't let me get to the sheep. Well, that doesn't make any difference. Well, <laughs> makes a difference to the sheep. <laughs> yes, I know, but let's I mean, get the train uh... rhythm going and never mind the sheep. Okay, half the driver, he say... I got whole livestock, I got whole livestock, I got whole livestock. And a man say, well, you're okay, boy. You don't owe me nothing. Let's go right through. You have to me nothing. I didn't mention the sheep. <laughs> I know, but let's skip the recitation. Well, I come to the best. Uh, let's get to the meat of yeah, it. I come to the best part now. I come to the part where the driver foo him. <laughs> He fool him? Yeah, he say, I fooled you, I fooled you. Look, let's just sing the song. Well, right? I think you ought to let me tell you how he fooled the Thorgate driver well, with, just the, with the pig the iron. I mean, will you just sing the well, song? Well, that's a payoff to the routine, you know. I mean, I get big reaction to it in clubs. Yeah, will you just sing the song, please? Well, okay. A lot, of, a lot of people waiting to see how the story... Will you just sing the song? Come out, you know. Will you just sing the well, song? okay, you can disappoint him, that's all. I'll take the chance. Okay. Hold a rock on line. Here's the mighty good road. Hold a rock on. You sure you don't want the pig iron part? <laughs> okay. The line. Here's the line to ride. Hold a rock on line. Here's the mighty good road. Well, it was right. I got right. I might be fine. I get the tick of that. Say, oh, rock on the line. Mumbles, mumbles, mumbles. What's this? Get your chickens at the station? Oh, get your ticket. Get your ticket at the station. Oh, get your ticket at the station. (laughs) (laughs) Try not to interrupt me, will you? Hey, B, C, W, X, Y, Z. The cat's in the carbon body, don't fool me. Wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. Line. The A. The A, B, C, W, X, Y, Z with the cats in the cupboard? I I don't know, what has the A, B, C got to do with the cats in the cupboard? Well, it's got nothing to do with it, I don't know. I know, but is it it a social significance of some kind? No, no, it's just just a traditional 
lyric. I don't know. <laughs> It's a, it's a traditional it's a lyric. lyric. <laughs> well, thank you very much, and that'll be fine. I got one more course. One more. Hold a rockin' in line is a mighty good road. Hold a rockin' in line, it is a road to ride. Hold a rockin' in line is a mighty good road. Well, if you want to ride, I got to ride. I like to find, I got your ticket at the state. Hold a rockin' in line. <laughs> is that it? That's the end? Yeah, I, 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 I just hope it sells without the pig iron part. That's oh, all. You, you can forget about the pig iron. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to... Sketching a little of the background. Yes, I know. Sketching a little of the background. You gonna, you gonna release the record? No, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, also, that's uh, part of my latest Capitol album entitled A Child's Garden of Freeburg. <laughs> Capital album number X144250. Well, I'd like to tell you about next week's show, but the entire script blew out of my producer's car and he was arrested as a litter bug. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> as soon as he gets up bail, why, I'll let you know. I hope you'll be with us next week. Meanwhile, this is Stan Freeberg saying thanks for being with us. God bless you and good night. The Stan Freeberg Show is produced in Hollywood by Pete Barnum and is written by Stan Freeberg, Pete Barnum, and Dawes Butler. Featuring the music of Billy May, Judd Conlon for the Mayors, and the songs of Peggy Taylor, the Doss Butler, Peter Leeds, and June Perret. Bud Schultz speaking.
Well, yeah, they had uh, long fill music at the end of that one. In fact, I noticed this on a couple other Stan Freeberg shows that we've played in the past. Reason for that, if you're all wondering, it's probably too much trivia and too much in the weeds, but here you go. Those uh, recordings were taken from Stan Freeberg's personal set of masters for the show. And um, when it was pre-recorded, which it was, they left plenty of film music at the end for local announcements or um, station break or whatever uh, until you get to the, the CBS break-in. So that's why that goes on and on and on. When you actually heard it live on the radio, I'm sure they cut that back a bit. Anyway, that was uh, Stan Freeberg, August 18th, 1957, episode number six. The most famous bit on there was the little thing on the censor, or elderly man river. Stan Freeberg was quite ahead of his time with uh, dealing with censors and word police and things like that. Uh, so that skit is kind of really timely in today's world. Um, also, the Rock Island Line thing, um, Freeberg was really good at lampooning current musical trends of the day, and the record he is lampooning is called Rock Island Line, and it's by a guy named Lonnie Dunnigan. Um, it was actually a fairly big hit in America in 1957, and so he's <laughs> taking the opportunity to uh, make a little fun of that. He made a lot of fun of a lot of rock and roll songs as well. Anyway, uh, that's it for the good old days of radio show for today. Uh, you can check the show notes. I've been told that there are show notes. I should know that, but I've been told there are show notes which uh, tell you about uh, things that are going on uh, with this program and what's, what's, what's up or what's coming up or whatever. So check the show notes. It'll tell you where to find the show, um, whether it's Spotify or YouTube or wherever we have it. I don't know, iTunes, wherever it is out there, you can find it. But the show notes will tell you, um, for those of you computer literate people. All right, back next, uh, I'm back on Thursday with the final uh, suspense tribute with Dr. Joe Webb, um, the last one of those, and then we start a new series the following week, and back next Tuesday with more drama, variety, or comedy. So until then, this is John Tefteller saying thank you for listening. ¶¶